the point of, of bringing your email list in is not so much to advertise on Facebook to that list, but to let Facebook find people who are similar to those people on your email list. Yo, 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 what up? Welcome to the Mindful and Ruthless Podcast, where you will learn the mindset, mindset strategies, and the tactics in order to develop a full stack life. life. Hey everyone, my name is Sagi. I'm a lifestyle entrepreneur, blogger, and speaker, and the host of the show. My guest today is a super successful coach and community builder. The thing that amazes me about him is like, while still being a coach and working with people to transform their lives one-on-one, he still has done something that many coaches just don't do. He built a community of over 34,000 people called Practical Metaphysics and is engaging with this community and putting out content on a regular basis. So he's practically the master of Facebook groups. That's the way I see him. Like, and um, basically, he's also a very experienced coach with a very interesting take on coaching from a metaphysical perspective. In this conversation, we talked about his story. Then we got super detailed on the topic of Facebook uh, group growth and also engagement strategies. Uh, he also gave some practical tips on how to start one of your own Facebook groups if you haven't yet. So eventually we got to talk also about coaching and he gave me some tips on that as well. This was a super interesting conversation for me. So if you're into coaching or launching slash growing your own Facebook community, you'll find some super practical strategies and tactics to apply immediately for your brand. So ladies and gents, without further ado, it's my pleasure to present to you Coach Blair Robinson. Let's get my phone ruthless. Hey, Blair, what's up, man? How are you today? <laughs> hey, Sagi, I'm really well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I've had a really, really good day. Very busy day in the social media world today. Lots of stuff going on. So, uh, you know, I spent a lot of my day, uh, you know, talking to people, messaging and chatting and posting and answering questions and stuff like that. So it was a good day. Awesome. Awesome. And right now uh, you're in Australia. So just like worth mentioning right now, uh, it's uh, evening time. Um, yeah. Right? It's like 9, 9 p.m. Uh, no, or, it's about 7, 7, 7 p.m. 7. But you know what's funny about right. that? So it's just like on your uh, banner for this show, you've put, um, you know, 7 p.m. Australia. Well, Australia's got like six time zones. <laughs> it's like the States. <laughs> so, what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're so backwards with our time zones. We've got one state that's half an hour different. Queensland is one hour plus 30 years behind. Uh, you know, Western Australia is three hours different. It's, it's all over the place, man. So oh you've, got to get, you've got to get across the time zones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you for for mentioning that. I'll for sure like <laughs> I'll for sure fix that. It's crazy. I didn't I didn't even know. All right, awesome. So yeah, so you're you live in the future in Sydney, and um and and talking about the future and stuff like that. So you're basically a coach, a life coach that help um and influences others other people's lives and help them to live their lives to the fullest by basically using a lot of also not so ordinary ways and, and like and techniques like you know come from coming from the metaphysics world i read yeah. that you've been also like you know you grew up in a in a house where it was accepted so how about you give me a bit of background like uh, you know how you grew up to become what you are today Ah, okay yeah that's interesting yeah it was quite a journey because uh when i was young my mom was a medium, right? And she was one of these people that did uh, automatic writing. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it's essentially where someone just kind of, you know, relaxes and they just write stuff. 
and uh, it just comes through, right? And my mum had that talent. I didn't know anyone else in the world that had that talent. And but for me growing up, that was kind of normal that she would do that. And and like <laughs> the, the the character that she used to that used to answer your questions and write stuff on the page was like a family member, you know. And so um, it would be like on the weekend or whatever, and everyone would be home, and we'd say, you know, come on, mum, you know, get the pen out and. And it would be like question and answer with, um, you know, someone else completely. And, and there was a lot of fun, you know, we got a lot of enjoyment out of it. And people yeah. used to come to the house to talk to my mum about that kind of stuff and have a session with her and, you know, and Bob, his name was Bob. <laughs> <laughs> guy on the other end of the pen. So that was a lot of fun. And wow. so there was that side. But my dad, uh, he was an astrologer. He, he worked a regular job, but he had such a passion for astrology. He was just like every spare microsecond he got, he was, you know, writing charts and doing stuff and these long complicated things that I didn't get as a, as a child. But to me, you know, kind of at the dinner table talking about pretty wacky, wild, esoteric stuff was pretty normal. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, so, so give me like a, a normal kind of like conversation around the table. Like what was it like? Uh, it's, it'd be like, um, you know, mom, do you think, um, do you think reincarnation is like sequential or do you think all the lives are going on at the one time? <laughs> well, it would be like, well, darling, you know, eat up your such and such and I'll tell you about this and this and this. you know, it was like just regular conversation, very kind of esoteric stuff. Yeah. So, so basically right now, like, and so you grew up with your mom as being a medium and like, you know, you're like, you're dead and everybody like kind of like in the same like metaphysical world, it, it, yeah. was, it was more than a hobby. It was actually a job for them, right? Like it was, it was the way well, of life. I would say that, um, no, my dad did work a regular job and he never really considered that you could do anything else other than a regular job. He's very traditional and kind of minded. Mm -hmm. And that kind of leads into my story because I wanted to go into the wonderful world of, you know, kind of music and art and all of that kind of stuff. And my dad was the one who said to me, Oh no, 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 you can't do that. You can't make a living out of music. Um, you've got to get a regular job and also a haircut by the way. <laughs> and, um, and I was, uh, by the time I was a teenager, I was you know, in my early teens and I was shocked. I was just like, Oh my God, I didn't realize I thought you could make a career out of music. Right. And you know, you tend to accept, these things that your parents tell you when you're young. And so I panicked a little bit and I was like, Oh, what do I do? I've got to get a regular job here. And so I switched my career paths completely. And I went out of the, you know, I was, I was in lots of different bands and I was in recording studios and I was in all that kind of industry stuff. And I got right out and went into kind of, you know, into school in the math science kind of way and absorbed myself right into that. And, um, by the end of high school, I was out there ready to go to university as an electronics and communications engineer, right. you know, to kind of follow in the footsteps of my dad in a technical <laughs> way. Yeah. And I'd actually put aside all of the stuff. In fact, I've even gone as far as to start rejecting the kind of more metaphysical spiritual stuff that had come, you know, that, that I'd grown up with. And I'd started right. to reject that and move into that regular world of, you know, get a haircut and get a real job. And, uh, so I did, and, and that's exactly what I did. I, I finished, I had one last go at it. And when I was at university, I ditched my uni degree and I went on tour with a band huh. and I came back, um, horse. What are you saying, by the way, like, what are you, uh, 
I was in that band. I was uh, playing drums, but cool. uh, drums and percussion. But I played lots of different things in different bands. Nice. And um, I came back from that tour just hoarse, could hardly speak, very badly hungover, and um, just a mess. And I was just like, "Oh shit, I got to get a real job, man!" And so <laughs> I did. I went out there and got a computer programming job, and wow. uh, started at my career in IT. And that, you know, yeah. I, I wandered the corporate world for twenty five years. Uh, uh, you know, just kind of honing my IT skills and being in the IT space and having my dad very, very proud of me, but my mom kind of like, mm, I've always thought you would do something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. So, so, so how did it evolve to you being, you know, finally, you know, getting to be a coach? Well, what was interesting was that, um, uh, when I was, <laughs> this is an interesting experience. I, um, I had a really weird unexplained experience when I was five years old. And I think it was one of the things that, uh, had, um, uh, you know, kind of made me feel quite okay with metaphysical stuff. It was a really unusual experience that, uh, it was just kind of part of my, I incorporated it as a weird memory. I uh, kind of thinking maybe I was dreaming, maybe I wasn't dreaming. I'm not really sure. Um, you know, it was a strange way out, wacky, metaphysical, esoteric experience, you know, and, um, I, I've always been in the back of my mind and I'd kind of pushed it away until I hit the age of 40 and the second, it was almost like the microsecond, man, I hit the age of 40 <laughs> and the memory of that stuff came back so strong, so incredibly strong to the point where I was like, holy shit, I've, this, this is this, this is, has, I have to understand, you know, what this is all about and how this works and what it is. And so, uh, you know, I kind of went through a process of introspection there. And what came out of that was that I've spent a lot of time pleasing, uh, my parents I've spent a lot of time pleasing other people. And I have been putting aside, uh, what it is that I really, really love and really, really want to do. And, um, that's what came out of that experience. It was like someone shook me and said, you know what, man, you know, you've got to get back on track because all right, we let you have this 25 year career of, of utter meaningless stuff, <laughs> you know, but we want you to do what you were put on the earth to do. And that's what wow. made me, um, uh, that's what made me decide to investigate, um, this kind of stuff, but it didn't actually cement and crystallize for me until I actually got a coach. And that was what got my interest going in coaching was because I, I engaged a coach to say, how do I do this? You know, I, I've got these vague feelings of, I want to be something more than what I am. You know, I've, I've, I've been working a regular job for so long and in a regular relationship and in all these regular things, but I'm not a regular guy. I'm different. I've got these other things going on. And um, he said to me, um, you know, what do you really want to do? And I said, well, really, I just want to help people. That's why I was in IT. I just wanted to give people, you know, a, um, uh, you know, help them work from home or help their lifestyle out or help, help them in some way that, that has a tangible benefit. And I chose IT as a way to do that. But now I, I want to do it in another way. And this guy says to me, well, why do you make it so complicated? Why do you go out there and make all these complicated IT systems and all this kind of stuff in order to just help people? Why don't you just talk to people? And I went, uh, gee, that's a good question. Why don't I? <laughs> Wait, so I'm going back for a second. I, I want to I stop you for a second there. That was, first of all, 
like two things. One, it was only it only hit you when you were forty, so it's pretty mm. crazy. Like you know, you working your career so long. I mean, maybe I can get it because I know a lot of people. I I know like not a lot of people, but some of my friends mm. when they reached forty. They had this kind of like, okay, let's reflect. What have I done so far, and what am I gonna do? Like I'm forty, you know, new life like, crisis. Yeah, yeah. So I get it. Maybe that triggered it, but again, like looking at your experience. What was your experience? You didn't. Like what, what happened when you were five? Oh, um, well, when I was five, I have two conflicting sets of memories uh, mm-hmm. that are interwoven at the same time. And that's what is difficult to reconcile about it. Um, you know, I'm sitting out in the backyard in a little wading pool, uh, five years old, um, just on a hot summer day and um, just enjoying the, you know, the sunshine and, you know, like, a, like you do when you're a kid. My mum's inside. Uh, and I'm just out there by myself, just splashing around in this little pool. And I sit down and the next thing I know, I'm somewhere else completely. I am just in another space, uh, in another, um, I don't even know that there's a word for it. Um, I just really struggle to describe it, but I'm there and I'm with, um, I'm with, uh, I, don't, I don't even know what the word is for what, for, for, for what I was with. I was with some kind of bunch of living creatures that, you know, didn't look human, um, weren't, uh, you know, <laughs> what you would normally expect. I wasn't scared or anything like that at first. I was pretty comfortable with them. And there I was having a conversation with these uh, things. And um, uh, I've, I have these flashes of memory of different things that were happening at the time. And because I was only five, I don't really have a good concrete solid memory, but I have so many flashes of these different, you know, beings and creatures and all kinds of weird things going on and you know it could have just been the imagination of a child right it could have just been from a book that I read or a tv show that I watched or something like that but I don't know it was it was very very real to me as an experience and um, I don't judge it I don't try and categorize it I don't try and say this happened or that happened the other thing all all, all I have is that memory and I don't understand that you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I don't understand the memory. It, uh, it, it, it just happened. I'm still working through the process of maybe understanding it, but I've kind of let go to a degree of the need to understand it and to be, you know, categorizing it into it was this or it was that, or it was because something it doesn't else. Matter. It triggered something. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It triggered this in me and, uh, and it realigned me and brought me back on track real fast. <laughs> yeah. um, but I do remember one aspect of the experience in particular and that I was very, very scared at one point uh, as, a, as a little boy. Um, you know, at, I was comfortable at first and then suddenly the experience changed into being very, very scared. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember the fear and I remember the, um, uh, the sheer terror and panic of, of the experience. And so that is one of the things that I've carried with me, uh, you know, through, throughout the process as a little bit of trauma from the episode. Um, but that has served me in a really good way today because that's helped me um, unpack what's going on and, and understand it a little bit more and understand some of the reasons why I have different fears that I have today, you know, so it's been very helpful. Uh, but, um, you know, that's in a nutshell. <laughs> so are you afraid of aliens? No, just <laughs> um, yeah i'm shit scared of them i, mean, I think they're terrible looking things <laughs> yeah. big ass heads and stuff so yeah so anyways um so going going forward so you got a coach and he told you like how about you you know transform the way you help people out by just yeah talking to them and then you're like 
right? I should become a coach, right? Uh, well, I didn't at first. Uh, it, like, it, you know, it, it made sense to me. Why don't I just talk to people? And for a while I thought about, well, how would that look? Uh, what would I actually do there? And so I mulled over a few different options and that kind of thing. Uh, coaching, I, at, at first I was resistant to because I thought life coach, uh, that's a bit of a wank. You know, people think it's a bit of a joke. Um, you know, it's, I, I, and I thought that too. Uh, and so I, I struggled with that a little bit, but eventually I found a, um, a coaching school that, that was kind of a little bit aligned with my ways of thinking and I liked what they were presenting. Uh, so I signed up and, um, and I thought, well, it can't hurt to get the certification at least and, you know, go through that process. So, yeah. And then you went through the process and started working on clients. So like fast forward forwarding, like to today, right now you have not, you're not only a coach working with people. Um, you also have a huge community like mm -hmm. backing you up and like that you created that are people that are following you. Um, just to give the, like the dimensions, it's like uh 30 or 34 K I think on, um, on, uh, on your Facebook group. And I bet yeah. it's like a huge email list as well. I don't remember the numbers, like, but I think you shared them once in one of the calls. Or like, what what do you have going on now in terms of your community? Ah, so you know, it's really interesting. Uh, I think um, one of the things, like I've told you, I've shared my story with you, and uh, I um, I think being authentic is is one of the really big keys to doing this. And when I created the group, I just put it out there as a, um, you know, a way to uh, connect with like-minded people and there was no agenda really behind it. It mm -hmm. wasn't a business venture as such at all. It was just like, you know what, I would love to connect with some like-minded people uh, and talk about some of these concepts because um, I've been a coach for several years and I was successfully using these kind of metaphysical principles and stuff like that, but it wasn't front and center of what I did. And a lot of people were asking me, you know, Blair, where do you get this stuff from? And I'm like, well, I was a bit loath to explain, well, it's years of you know, growing up in a wacky family and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but um, so I thought I would start because people were asking about metaphysics and because I would mention it occasionally in my coaching and they, they were curious. And so I think there's a natural synergy with people who want to explore, you know, people who are in that position where they are feeling like, I need a coach. I need someone to help me get me out of this rut or change this or that or whatever in my life. I think there's a natural synergy with those people and people who want to explore the great beyond of our physical world. You know, it's like, you know, I want to, I want to, there's more, there's got to be more than this. You know, it's one of the things I used to hear more often than anything else is that I just feel like I'm not living to my potential. I'm, you know, there's got to be more than this out there. And, and so that, I think there's a natural synergy with people who want to explore metaphysics and those principles. And so yeah. the group started uh, on that basis. Um, and uh, then, then a crazy thing happened and just like, everything exploded <laughs> people came <laughs> from everywhere so what, what what's the crazy thing that happened what you know what happened uh, I think really um, I had spent a lot of time uh, as a coach uh, on social media and what I think and this is the key piece of advice that I give people a lot about when they're starting out in these kinds of things is that it took me quite a few years to understand who my actual client base was who are my target market you know and like i said to you a moment ago about understanding that people want to explore and they want to do more and they want to you know i understand yeah. where they're coming from and so i 
after, you know, unsuccessfully trying to do Facebook ads for a long time to target people who could maybe want to use my coaching services, I eventually decided I'm just going to get to know people. Right. And what I discovered was that when you advertise on Facebook and you, or any social platform, it's not so much about targeting the people who are interested in your content or your topics and that kind of stuff. It's about targeting where they hang out because you don't always know that, you know, people who are interested, for example, in addiction recovery, they're probably not going to be big fans of pages to say, well, who I'm an you know, addict, I'm a recovery, I'm in recovery, I'm doing this and that and the other. They want, you know, they, they would probably more hang out in places where there's positive messaging, there's an understanding community of similar people and, and that kind of stuff, right? They're not going to be uh, logging on to clinical kind of addiction related sites. Yeah. And so in Facebook, you know, typically if you went through and typed, I want to target in an ad people who are interested in addiction, you, all you're going to get is people who treat addiction. Yeah. You're not going to get your clients. So you've got to find where they hang out. And I just got to know people over time and then realized the places that they hang out, the groups they hang out in, the, um, the pages that they like, the, the, the hashtags and the stuff that they quite often use. Right. And so using that knowledge, that's what I use to propel my group, knowing exactly who my target market was and just setting up a quick ad for them, hundred bucks, you know, for, for five days of advertising that was just like, okay, hi guys, I've created this new group. Here it is. Come and join if you want, you know, bring your trickiest questions about life and, uh, and we'll talk about it. And yeah, a thousand people a week, um, responded to that. I pulled the ad after the first week, uh, because I had a thousand people. I didn't think I'd get any more, but the next week, another thousand joined <laughs> and it just kind of organically grew from there. Really? So, and so basically you grew your Facebook group with ads. That's what you're saying, like in the beginning? Um, yes and no. Uh, there was, there's two strategies that I used. Uh, I, I thought I needed an ad to kick off the group. Uh, so I created one. On the day that I created the group, I also created an ad thinking that no one's going to know about this group unless I advertise it. Yeah. Um, and so at the end of that week, I had a thousand people. I'm like, woohoo, my ad was so successful. Great conversion rate. Very happy with the $100 spend. Um, I wonder what happens if I pull the ad and I pulled the ad and, but people kept coming. And what I realized was that in Facebook groups, when you create a group, you have the ability to set tags and the tags, most people see the tags and they go, Oh yeah, I'll type in what my group is about. Uh, and for me, it would be our metaphysics, spirituality, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. But actually what's more effective is to tag the places that your target audience are more likely to hang out, which could be your competitors, or it could be, you know, similar groups and similar stuff that are, uh, you know, content that, that's on yeah. Facebook, for example. Mm -hmm. And so using that strategy that I would use, I, I, I used exactly the same interests that I used in the Facebook ad in my group tags. And lo and behold, what happened, Facebook started recommending my group to, people who were, you know, in that, in that space. And was that, or um, was that when you were already above 1,000 people in the group? Because I, I was I, already above. Yeah. yeah. I got to my first thousand with the ad and then the rest was tags. Yeah. Right. Because I know like the, you know, uh, being back and forth and growing mindful and ruthless as a community um, on Facebook, yeah. I know that Facebook doesn't even start recommending you until, you know, some kind of point where 
you've reached the number of people. And I, I know there's a rumor saying it's 1,000 people, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I suspect it's less than 1,000 people. And I think it's a more complicated algorithm. I think it's more about how much engagement has happened yeah. in your group over time. Because yeah. I've, I've done some experimentation with that because I was fascinated by it. And I created a group. Uh, with great tags, but no activity. And just to see if it still pushed my group out and no, it didn't. So when I started posting and getting people in to respond and stuff like that, then people started to request to join the group. So when your group is quiet, yeah, it it doesn't recommend you to anyone. Got it. And also one more thing that, uh, you know, about what you said is like right now you cannot, like, I don't know if you could back then, but right now you definitely cannot run ads to a Facebook group. Correct. So, um, right now, basically anybody who would now think about opening a Facebook group and saying, Oh my God, Blair, you know, started his group up with a Facebook ad. They can't do it. Right. There's no way to do it. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 you can do that. Uh, it's not exactly directly advertising the group um if you've got a page which of course if you've got an ad account you must have a page and so from your facebook page assuming that your page has got some level of engagement and it's not you know zero likes or or anything like that Mm -hmm. you can run your ad uh you you put you put a post in your group with a link to your sorry a post Post on your your page page. link to your group with a link to your group boost the post uh, well, yeah, I, I, to be honest, the Facebook boost thing, I find it a little bit, uh, you know, it's, it's great if you're just kind of getting started on ads, but I always use the full ad manager to really target down those interests, you know, and really do the research. And they've got, they give you amazing tools in Facebook ads to research your audience and what they're interested in. You know, the Facebook, um, audience insights tool is, is it's just gold that thing is amazing mm-hmm. and to be able to to type in keywords and stuff like that and have um have it come back and show you a profile of the people who might be interested in that keyword and the pages they like and where they hang out and you know their demographics and all this amazing stuff so you know use that tool and that's how you develop you know the right um interest targeting for your facebook ad is by doing that research got it and so um, also, so basically doing the research through the um, Facebook ads manager. So if anybody doesn't know what that is, it's just like, you know, a tool that Facebook um, has. You can write in Google Facebook ads manager or in the Facebook search and you'll get there. It's a, kind of like a different interface. It's not Facebook. It's like an interface of Facebook to run yeah. ads and uh, get the Facebook pixel and stuff like that. Um, if, you, if anybody would want to go back, um, there's an episode with uh, Azriel Rutz that I interviewed that actually we went, actually we launched, opened the Facebook app, we shared the screen and, we, and he started walking me through it, Facebook ads manager. So just to skip that for like for us. And now like, so also uh, Blair, I want to ask you, so if anybody now has an email list and they still don't have a Facebook community, would it make sense to, in order to research those people, throw their email list into like creating custom audience and then finding what, how, what those people are like or? Yeah. Um, look, yeah. Using an email list is a good example as well. Um, you only get certain percentage of your audience, uh, coming through because not everyone uses the same email in their Facebook account as they do on your email list. And so there'll be a bunch that you'll lose in the translation, which is fine. 
Um, you know, but the ones that you'll get, you've just got to be really careful that they are engaged members of your email list. Um, otherwise you're bringing through people that are not so much engaged and it's going to skew the results a little bit because the, the point of, of bringing your email list in is not so much to advertise on Facebook to that list, but to let Facebook find people who are similar to those people on your email list who have similar interests and likes and stuff like that. Right? So yeah. your sample has to be really good quality when you bring it in and yeah. it's better if it's smaller and better quality than larger and broad. Right. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise you just end up feeding money into the Facebook ad machine uh, <laughs> to serve ads to people that you don't, that are never going to, you know, respond. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. It makes total sense. Now, like I know that's sorry. Um, Saki, just on that point, um, yeah. one of the, the more successful strategies that I've seen is not so much, well, the email list is one part of it, but, um, uh, people who've engaged with your page, if you've had a page for some time that you've built a little bit of a following, doesn't have to be huge. Uh, and using that to say, um, uh, to build a custom audience, of people who've engaged with your page in the last say 365 days. Um, you know, those, those are really good ones because you can get specific and you can say, I, I only want to build a list based on people who've engaged with this particular post or that post or who have you know visited the page. The people who've hit the page and bounced, you don't want them. So you can, you can turn that off You've got a lot more control. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Got it. So yeah, it makes total sense. Well, now that I think of it, I know there's also like a feature of Facebook that lets you target people that engage with a video that you posted and then create yeah. ads for those people. Right. Um, so. Yeah. And, and one of the awesome strategies is to have a sequence of videos that starts really broad and you serve it out and then you retarget to the people who watched it and you serve a more specific version to those people and then you retarget the people who watch that with an even more specific one and more and more and more until you get to the point where you put an offer in front of them and they usually buy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's an awesome one. Yeah. All right. Cool. 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 That's like funnels on Facebook ads. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. All right. So like I, you know, I can get like very deep into Facebook, like also on taking in the Facebook as way. I want to just go back for just one second and, and ask you about like a lot of people like still haven't opened or launched their Facebook group. Some people watching or listening to this, like they want to have a community of their own, but they're not sure how to even begin because some people think maybe I should start a blog and then an email list. Some people are like, yeah, I know I want a Facebook community. I'm not sure like Facebook groups is the way to go. What do you think right now? What was your, like your insights after having mm. this massive group? Yeah. Look, I think, um, really uh, at this point in time, uh, the, 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 the Facebook group capability, uh, that, that they give you, um, is, uh, I haven't seen anything as good as that on any other social platform. Um, and you know, I float around, you know, LinkedIn and, and the other professional, more professional platforms and stuff like that. To me, Facebook groups have amazing functionality, but I know that things are going to change. Um, and if you, and it's like this with any social platform, if you invest in a particular way of using that platform, they're bound to, you know, change it at some point and you might end up out in the cold. And that's what happened to me with Facebook pages. My page was really super engaged. There's about 8,000 likes on that page uh, of engaged people. And one day I posted something and I noticed that normally instead of 500 people seeing it, 17 people saw it. Oh. I'm like, 
what the hell happened? Why did no one like that post? And the next post the same and the same and the same. And eventually I figured out that they've changed the algorithm so that it doesn't put it in front of people who aren't super engaged with your page and you've got to pay to reach those people. So, um, that blew my whole strategy out of the water. Yeah. I had to find one, you know? Well, and they might do it to Facebook groups as well one day, I guess. Look, yeah, things are bound to change. All I can say to people is, is like, have your email list, um, you know, be ready on other social platforms. If your, you know, content is video friendly, YouTube is great. Um, Instagram, Instagram is great if it's, yeah. is, is, is lightweight, you know, kind of stuff, not heavily yeah. engaging. Even Snapchat is starting to emerge as a way of um, engagement with people, which I, I never thought, it ever would. I thought it was just for dick pics, but it's actually. Um, <laughs> do you think it's? In, you know, do you think it's rising? I think it's it's on the downfall. No, like do you think? Well, I used uh, it successfully. Um, I, I think it's probably you know had a little bit of a, a bell curve, you know, go yeah. on. That yeah, it may be a little bit on the downside, but I actually had very successful engagement with it when I, I, I had my Facebook group and I said, Hey guys, I'm doing an experiment on Snapchat. Do you want to come and engage with me on Snapchat? And uh, I, I would just post a little thing every day and say, Hey, blah, 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 a little video, yeah. just me rambling about something and say, Hey, snap me back. And people would, um, you know, snap me back with stuff and we'd go offline and, and actually have a conversation. And quite often it would turn into a conversion of a sale or a coaching session or something like that. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah, well, I have so many directions I want to take this conversation. But first, like you said, it converts into a sale or something like that. Can you break down your business for a second for us just to kind of like understand what you have going on in terms of products to your community and your audience and income streams that you have in your business? Okay. All right. Um, yeah, look, I, um, I've been quite deliberately light on the um, – uh, the, the business side of the Facebook group because I've seen a lot of value in interacting with the community and learning stuff myself about what, you know, what people like. Um, so I've actually been, uh, you know, I've stepped back a little bit from the process of pushing traditional product, uh, you know, into the, into the group. But what I've settled into is a really nice rhythm where um, people join the group uh, you know, brand new people join the group and they have a welcome, there's a welcome video uh, that they that they look at. And on that video, they're invited to respond. Uh, and the video talks them through a cycle of life that you go through, you know, and you, all these different places. And the video asks them, um, you know, which number are you in the cycle? And it really resonates with people because it maps out the journey of probably what they're going through. And they go, I'm a seven. And I get an email to say, I am a number seven. Um, And so I reply to that email and I say, hey, doing awesome. Thanks for reaching out. Um, How are we going to get you to a number eight? Um, Let's start a conversation about that. And then I'll do a 15 or 30 minute call with them over Zoom uh, to um, understand what they, what they really want and how that, you know, if they've got an appetite to actually do this and um, usually they have, and then I'll put an offer in front of them for a coaching package, which will be one-on-one coaching over a period of X number of days, weeks or months and um, you know, or an ad hoc kind of thing. And, and that's it. They, they, they literally just come to me in email messages and I engage with them and you know, I will, 
usually, oh, this is probably about 20, 25% of the emails that come through will become clients of mine. Um, and all I've got to do is kind of sit back and, and enjoy the, 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 the process of getting new leads. <laughs> all right. So, so can you take me through this again one more time? So someone joins your group, they get a video. The video is a welcome video. Is it posted as like uh, the, the new welcome to the group uh, message or is it, post, is it the announcement in the group? Uh, it's the welcome message. It's pinned. Uh, it's what used to be called a pinned post. It's yeah, still no, it's pinned. an announcement. Yeah, but it is an announcement and it's a pinned announcement, if you like. So it's first yeah. up there all the time. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and the video is hosted on my website. I have a website of the same name of the group. And so... Oh, so they um, go to your website, basically. They do. They click through on the welcome post. Yeah. And it opens the video and with the form underneath that they can, you know, enter their stuff. And the, the video is relatively short. I mean, look, for me, it's short. It goes for 20 minutes and that's not much time in my line minutes. of work. And okay. Yeah, yeah. And it just talks them through stuff that really resonates. You know, the cycle concept really resonates with so many people and I get so many emails from people saying, wow, this has really clarified me and where I'm going on my journey and I get it and I want to go from a, a five to a six and I'm struggling with that and can you help me? And so, you know, it starts the conversation for me. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, that's, that's exactly how it works. That's awesome. And uh, by the way, just, you know, have you considered doing a Facebook bot, Messenger bot for this? Because it sounds like a perfect um, thing for you to do. Yeah, um, I had to play with the technology some time back. Um, I don't, um, I mean, I looked at it and I said, yeah, okay, I get it. I can, I can see how this works. It's pretty clever. Um, but to be honest, I am a little bit traditional in that sense and I wanted to engage with people one-on-one. -on -one. And so via email, I mean, I'll get, I'll get their response via email and I'll write a handwritten response back to them. It only takes a few minutes and it's, and it's there. Um, or I can, you know, if someone is posting in the group or commenting and I see that they're struggling a little bit, I'll just reach out to them and message them straight away and just say, listen, do you want to chat about this? And maybe I can help, you know, and, and, um, and effectively scoop clients out that way. So it's, um, yeah, it's very human process. And yeah, I looked at the, the, the different bot technologies, chatbot and so forth. And I don't know. Yeah. I you're just, good with what you have, like what you have, it's working. So. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I just know that when I arrive on a page or somewhere where there's a chatbot, I, I kind of go, nah, nah, it's not a human. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, I created a chatbot, which I think like, and everybody's watching or listening to this. If you've been through my chatbot, you can let me know. I would love your feedback. Um, I think chatbots is a way of how you create them because you can create them to really communicate in a way that you communicate and make it personal and things feel kind of like seamless. But uh, we can talk about uh, offline. Off I can I can show you my bot and like and let me know what you think because I'm I'm always curious in what works because I'm I come from the email marketing um, you know website go to my website watch this video get your like through the phone like I come from there that's how I grew like two communities um, and the Facebook thing is new to me and now now that I did this bot it, like kind kind of like, made me feel like wow the bot is working um, like maybe I should explore it further I don't know anyways. Um, but going back to your business, not, not like regardless of the Facebook group right now. So you have one-on-one -on -one coaching. Do you have any other products to your community? 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I run courses effectively uh, in, in the community. And what happened uh, early on in the group's inception was that so many people were asking similar questions and had similar topics they were interested in. So I created a course just based on the demand of the group. And I thought that, that's one of the reasons why having a group is so good because you can monitor the demand really quickly. Um, you know, set up a poll even in the group and just, you know, who's interested in these topics and that kind of thing. And I literally did that. I just said, right, who's interested? Um, and uh, I got feedback on all the topics and I created a course on all those topics. Um, and so I, uh, you know, spent a few weeks doing that, creating all of the um, course delivery stuff and, uh, and marketed that back into the group, released it, did a launch um, and did an intake of people, uh, in the group. And it was, it was hugely successful. It was great. And, 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 you know, it's still talked about to this day. It's like really one of the key, um, pieces. And I used to, uh, I, I formed a little sub community in the group of people who were doing the course and actually created another group of just those people. Mm -hmm. So we could talk, you know, yeah. about the content, yeah. keeping it out of the main group of people who hadn't purchased the course. Yeah. And that was great. That became a really beautiful little group um, of people, a little kind of subculture. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was great. So I did a few intakes at different times. Um, but I think people's interest moved on a little bit too. Like I created the course and it was, you know, it was, it was interesting. Uh, now it's probably a little bit dated. And so it's sitting there on the website. You can buy it, you know, cheaply and download it yourself. And there's no one-on-one -on -one sessions or there's no, you know, zoom meetings with everyone on yeah. board. It's just like you, you buy it, you watch it and it's done, you know, so uh, it's kind of been put out to pasture a little bit. Um, so there's those courses, there's other courses I've put up there around uh, personal development, which are just ways of getting through challenges and those kinds of things that are, you know, that will appeal to certain people. Uh, I got courses on how to do what you love, how to transition from the job you do every day into the work that you really love to do, even if it doesn't pay the bills, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, all, all of those kinds of things are, uh, are there available for people and they just consume them as they like. Awesome. And it comes like your knowledge about these topics have just has evolved through that throughout the years of helping people like get through the hurdles, like personally one on one. Do you feel like you're I mean, you yeah. went one on one and then you went on onto courses because I know there's also the like that's the coaching route, right? Being a coach, yeah, then getting a community and launching courses. Um and there's also like my route is kind of like being the content provider, creating content, then, you know, launching courses based on the, you know, based on that and then high end one-on-one after that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's it. And that's the classic pattern, isn't it? Is that you get really good at something and then you teach other people, mm -hmm. you know, mentor them through the process. So yeah. Yeah. Well. Totally. And I also like, I, so I, I like that you are so engaged with your community, which is like, you know, it's, it's something that is so important. Like you always say, yeah, yeah, I just jump in and just like, you know, talk to people and you know what, it, that's hard. Like, you know, that's hard with all that you have going on in life to just hop in messenger in the middle of the day with no agenda, like you didn't plan for it. And then you go and start talking to someone and it's back and forth, you know, and like, it's a conversation. It can take up to an hour or even more like these kind of conversations. Mm -hmm. How do you how do you deal with the productivity issue of, of being engaged with your community? Okay, um, the, I, I used to get uh, really trapped by that, uh, and I would message someone, and I would spend that hour backwards and forwards, you know, talking through and building the trust and all that kind of stuff. 
Um, but I got better at it um, because, you know, I, I all my time uh, disappeared in, in, in those kinds of things that were nine times out of 10, I would over deliver. So it would be, I would actually solve their problem uh, <laughs> via messenger and uh, with three hours of my time, not getting paid at all, solving their problem. They're very happy, but I'm very poor. Yeah. Um, so um, I realized, yeah, I'm going to have to change that model a little bit. So what I essentially do now is, is talk to people and say, listen, are you, would you be up for a conversation with me, a 30 minute conversation on zoom uh, or the phone or whatever, just to, talk through this and see if there's a way that I can help you, um, you know, that we can kind of work together on and get you through this. Yeah. And uh, nine times out of 10, they say yes. So they don't always say yes, but nine times out of 10, they do. And then 25% to 30 of, well, actually it's a little bit higher now. It's more than 35, 40% of the people that I do that 30 minute call with will uh, engage with me professionally as a coach and you know for some of them that is a very big spend and others it's a very small spend um, but it it's just depends on what they need and who they are yeah yeah I got it and also um, do you have a uh, like a template that you send to those people basically like you know do you probably ask the same questions in order to keep yourself in check as well right like to not go crazy and develop too much of a personal conversation um, no uh, I I, I don't generally, I, I have a, a strategy where I will, um, firstly, I need to demonstrate that I know that, sorry, demonstrate that I understand their issue, you know? And so I've got this little three-step process, which is like, okay, engage with them and really understand what it is and get feedback from them so that they, that I know that, that, that they, know <laughs> that I understand what they mean. Like, so it'll be like Blair, I really, I get it. I'm yeah. I, you know, I really understand. Yeah. I, I really think that would be good. And so then I'll say, well, let's book in a call and talk about this in a little bit more detail. That's mm -hmm. the second step. Uh, and they're usually, you know, trusting of that. Like if I just messaged them and said, Hey, book a call with me, uh, because I want to talk to you about this. I'm not going to get anyone interested in that. I've got to demonstrate that, I actually understand what their, their dilemma is or the situation is. So spend a few minutes demonstrating that, book in the call, uh, and then obviously the third step is to close it with, um, you know, it might be after the call next day I'll get in touch and say, listen, um, have you thought about uh, doing this on a regular basis with me? I think it would really benefit. Um, we could do this. And that's where I will deliver the standard stuff to them, the templated stuff, which is like, okay, here's – four or five different programs that you could join. Here is some different coaching packages. Have a look, see what you think, and I'll follow them up. And just using a basic task management system like Asana or one of those, I'll just set reminders to follow them up. And until I get, no, thank you, I'm not going to go down this route, I'll just keep following them up. Okay. Um, yeah. So, you know, when I wake up in the morning, there's, you know, 15 people on my list of follow-ups and it's just like quick message. Hey, going, Hey, going, Hey, going, Hey, going. Yeah. So. It's, it's so, and, and by the way, this is so sales, you know, like, and people just don't get it when you're a community leader and you also want to sell products to people and you have a conversation, you have a high ticket price. You're a salesperson. You got to follow up. You got to manage your uh, leads. You know, like you, you, you have a whole sales process um, and it's a big mm -hmm. deal of what you're doing. So it's like, I think this is the, the nuance of like, you're saying it, people are like, Oh yeah, of course. Like, but yeah, 
some people are like, wait, he's doing like following up and he's like, you know, managing his leads. And yeah, that's a whole sales process. People have to get it. Um, so yeah. it's cool that you're doing it. And um, all right. So right now I'm going, I want to go back for a second, like, and say, like, now I'm trying to grow my community. Right. And, and yeah. I would, I would love to learn from you, like how I can grow my, my community. So as you know, just like about 10, 10 minutes before this call, I kind of like sent you a message and like, Blair, listen up. Like <laughs> I made you an admin for this group. Can you just go and check the group insights and let me know, like, you know, if you have some feedback at all. So yeah, I would, lo- would love to learn from you. Like, because I, I've been, I've been growing. The group has been growing ever, especially ever since I've been on Pat Flynn's uh, podcast. Yeah. So 326, if you haven't heard it yet. So it's like, <laughs> like, so it's, it has been growing. I'm growing about like, I think between 15 to even up to 50 people a day, which is great. Mm. Like it's, it's a yeah. nice number, but I, I, you know, I'm looking at it and I'm saying, okay, how can I grow um, engagement in the group? I really want to, get people more engaged and I'm feeling I'm, I'm a bit lacking in that sense. Okay. Um, yeah. So there's some good strategies there. If you're getting 50 to 15 people um, requesting to join your group every day, then you are doing really well. And Facebook is putting your group out there in front of people who need to see it. Um, oh, I just have you a quick uh, yeah, having a quick look at the kind of backend stuff of your of your group a moment ago, um, I would have said there's probably some better tags that you could use uh, to uh, that might be a little bit more aligned. But entrepreneurs are quite a difficult mob to pin down, um, so they're interested in so many different things. So um, yeah, but your tags are doing quite well. If it's fifteen to fifty people, you're, you're actually doing pretty well there. So. Um, I would just probably revisit the tag strategy a little bit. Um, in my group, I've like, it's a hundred and 120, 150 a day on a good day. Wow. Um, yeah. But then sometimes it will just disappear and it will be like zero for like three days. And I was like, what what the hell's going on? Has everyone left Facebook? And, uh, and then it'll pick back up again. It's just one of those things. It's just, you know, you're a subject of the algorithm. So it's like, you know, um, but in terms of growing the engagement in your group, the thing that I guess was the, the, the key strategy for me in engagement, the most engaging things I've ever done in the group, um, the, the, there's two of them. Um, the first is challenges, uh, setting up challenges for people to actually work through. And if you've got a particular product or service or something like that that helps people out, then a little very mini cut down version of it that you could deliver in little chunks over maybe three days or however many I do a three day challenge. And basically I, I throw down a challenge to people to say, right, um, bring your biggest issue to me. Um, you know, that's holding you back from this. I want to hear all about it and I'm going to read every one of your comments and I'm going to ask you maybe a couple of questions to clarify. And then on day two, we're going to talk about how we smash the beliefs that set you up for those particular situations. You know, we're going to, we're going to expose those beliefs that are causing you to be held back in that way those limiting beliefs. And, and I go through in this and you know, the same people follow through to the next day and we start smashing their beliefs through and, and there's all these epiphanies and tears and all kinds of things going on. And then the third day, it's like the people who said, yeah, I kind of got to the bottom of my belief, but 
I, nothing really changed for me. I don't feel any different. Nothing's different. Then I go through a, a separate exercise in, um, in figuring out what's keeping them holding on to that belief. And so that going through that three day process was, was seriously the craziest thing I ever did. It was like, I was almost up for three days, 24 seven, just, <laughs> you know, interacting with people because yeah. there were thousands of thousands of comments and, and, and interactions and regrettably I couldn't even get to them all. And then there was personal messages. People said, I, I, I don't want to post this in the group. I want this to be private. I hope you don't mind. I'll send it to you. pages of stuff. And it's like, Oh, okay. But, um, yeah. I, I, like I apologize to a lot of people saying, I'm really sorry. I couldn't get to everything, but if you want, to click through here and I set up a quick thing on the website saying, you know, put your, put your details in it. We'll connect and we'll do a 30 minute session and I'll, you know, we'll see if I can help you in it, you know, on one-on-one -on -one coaching. And so, yeah. you know, and, and that was just massive engagement for those three days. The group was just crazy. It was consumed by that stuff. And for months afterwards, it was talked about uh, and referenced and yet yeah, yeah. the challenge was, was one of the very, very big things that I did. Got it. And it's basically the most of the challenge you say is based in the Facebook group, basically. And you did not open a separate Facebook group for that challenge. You just had the, the no. challenge in your Facebook group. Yep, I did. Cool. I, did. I know you're probably not supposed to do that, but you know, it just completely took over the group for three days and it's yeah. my group. Hey, I can take it over if I want to. Right. right and so sure. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So challenges and what, what else are you, are you doing? Like, are, are, have you ever used a watch party or like, do you go live a lot? Uh, no, I've never used a watch party, but I do Facebook live twice a week. Twice a week. Um, in fact, right after this, I'm going to do my Facebook live for, for the midweek. And, um, that is, that is massive engagement. When you look at the statistics in your group and you see, um, you know, Monday through to Friday, um, you know, the engagement levels and for each day, the different hours, it's like, you know, big engagement on Monday and Wednesday and everything else lower down because that's my, the day I do my lives. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I just get in there and there's, there's huge engagement on the lives. Um, but it, it, it's just, yeah, yeah. And sometimes the lives go for, I don't know, over an hour. Wow. of just uh, talking and interacting and comments. I can't even keep up with the comments. Aggie. I've got to like, you know, I've got to have a, a tool that, that has the comments there on a separate window in really small lettering so that I can actually read like maybe 50 or 60 comments. But, um, you know, a regular Facebook browser, they'll just scroll past and I'll miss them. You know, it's just wow. too much. So, so wait, so what do you use in order to go live and see all the comments and stuff? Uh, so I'm using Ecamm Live, uh, yeah, which is, yeah, yeah, and you have that. And um, there's a little capability in there to um, have a separate window for um, comments, uh, mm -hmm. for the comments and uh, reactions. Uh, and I stick that on a separate monitor that actually gets stuck on a separate monitor yeah. and expanded right out so I can see everything. Yeah. And I, when I go live, I feel like I, you know, I don't have any, comments. I don't have enough comments. I feel I want to have more. I wonder, like, do you ask questions? Like, do, do you have some, some kind of routine where you, um, I don't know, because when you're going live, you're providing content, right? So it's kind of like a channel content. Here you go, guys. Like take my content, take my knowledge. Like I'm teaching you something. So how do you get people engaged? And like, even like if you, 
especially when you don't have people yet in your life, because I used to have like two to six people live and then most of them watch yep. every. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, so I did, I did a thing there. There's a couple of things. Um, so the first uh, thing that I did, I noticed there was a massive boost in engagement when I did what you're doing right now, which is going live on a zoom session uh, into Facebook live. And what I did was I set up an interview with someone similar to what you and I are doing right now. Um, but I gave the link, not just to the person I was interviewing, but I put it in the post in the body of the post um, of the Facebook live. And I said, anyone can join download zoom, click on this link and you'll be in here. You'll be broadcasting live into the group and we can have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. And, um, and it was a brave move because I thought, shit, what if no one turns up, <laughs> you know, no one comes to the party. Um, so what I did was I organized people to come, um, for the first time it happened. I thought I'm just going to jump on and, uh, and I'm going to line up people who are going to come definitely and ask questions and do stuff. And so the first one was kind of a little bit manufactured in that way, uh, in that I, you know, got them, got them in. Um, but after that, people realized, Hey, I can get on the Facebook live myself and, and I didn't need to organize anything. People just showed up. Um, and so that was good, but that was only, only the people like the big torch bearers of the group bothered to jump on the zoom session and be on the live and ask questions and interact. The really strong supporters, they were all up for that, but there was a vast number of other people who weren't brave enough to do that or couldn't do that for whatever reason or didn't want their face on zoom or whatever. And, and so, um, I got a lot of messages from people saying, I really loved your live, but could, could we just do it as Facebook live? So I can just type comments now and not have to be on the, on the session. And, um, and so from that point forward, all of my lives were really, really well attended and hugely commented, um, you know, interaction going, ballistic um just because people were i don't know used to to seeing me doing that and seeing it being so interactive and they understood that it wasn't just static content being delivered and shown to them it was an right. interactive thing so there was something you brought the people into an interview with with people from your community that you know people started getting that this is an interactive thing so you say yeah. up until then it was like yeah Huh. Makes sense. I'm just afraid like that. If I bring people into this conversation, people can take over the conversation. You know, like I need to, I need to facilitate this thing hard enough as it is looking at you on one screen, looking at the comments on the other, if there are any, or kind of like, you know, managing the tech issues, but you actually did it with people inside zoom. All right. I just wanted to take a short break here. Um, if you listen to this episode all the way here, it means you probably find value in it, right? So, well, I wanted to just let you know that this is a weekly show and it's published first on the Mindful and Ruthless Facebook group as it's recorded live. Yes, this is a Facebook live interview and it basically allows you to interact with the speakers and myself and ask questions as we're recording the podcast and we are trying to answer all of those questions so if you haven't already be sure to search and join the mindful and ruthless group on facebook i promise you you'll find amazing value in joining this community as long as basically joining a community with a lot of other amazing entrepreneurs so all right back to the episode yeah yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, ultimately you have the, uh, you have the power, you have the button that if someone is really, you know, being difficult, uh, and I didn't experience any of that, but, um, you know, you can always 
press the button and they're gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. And, and um, now I know we're a bit over time already. Like now going, going like, so we talked about revisiting the tags, challenges yep. in order to get people more engaged, mm. live, going live twice a week. And basically I used to go live twice a week. I mm. stopped the twice a week thing. Now I have this interview, which is once a week. I'm mm. considering bringing back the twice a week, but I'm also considering maybe a watch party for a more, so I can invest more time in creating a great vlog video and then going a watch party around the vlog and then, you know, kind of like mm. publishing the vlog once a week in the group um, and doing what, I don't know, like I'll, I'll try both, I guess. Um, okay. And, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. The, the, like the strategy that I mentioned about if, if you're not getting that great engagement on your lives, um, it, it's, it's not usually because your content isn't up to it or it's not interesting or whatever. It's just that people aren't used to interacting in that way with you. So you've got to kick that off, you've got to kick the momentum off and grab people and say, Hey, I want you on this live. I want you to ask questions and interact. And if they, don't know what to ask, give them questions to ask, you know, it's, it's, it's like, get it moving, get it started, you know, and, and really, um, that that's going to, to move that on. But one of the things that, and I think you do this as well, uh, already is that I take the live after it's been done and I'll chop up little snippets, maybe, you know, anything from 30 seconds to two minutes or what have you. And that will go out on Facebook. Um, uh, you know, on, in the public space pages yeah. and that kind of stuff. And it will be teasers of content that people are like, and sometimes, sometimes those little snippets of content are more viewed than the original live that I did in the group. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, those little snippets get people interested and they come back and, uh, and they, uh, and join the group and engage. So, um, that's cool. uh, like repurposing the content is, uh, is a really useful thing to do. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy how much work there is around repurposing content. Um, you know, you, <laughs> it's crazy. Do you, do you have a team that work that helps you out with this? Um, yep, me. <laughs> <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. Look, I look. I come from a background as an audio engineer. Uh, had a managed a recording studio for years um, that turned into a multimedia. Um, facility and uh you know so it's i'm very comfortable with all the tools and you know uh, uh, it doesn't take me very long to get stuff going uh, but my daughter who's just turned 18 is um is finishing up school doing audio engineering as well and nice. uh, so i'm gonna snaffle her <laughs> she's gonna be my first employee <laughs> all right, all right. so your team strategy is a bit different you just basically grow the team in-house like <laughs> yeah yeah, you got to have children and then grow them up, and 18 years later they'll be ready to work for you. You know, it's fine. You know, it's the hardest way to grow a team, but it's the best. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, awesome, man, awesome. Um, and and so basically, like thinking about you're doing all the, everything yourself. That's that's pretty pretty well. And by the way, what what are you using to chop up the videos? Are you using like a web tool or Final Cut Pro or something? Uh no, no, no. I use uh, Premiere. I've been a Premiere user okay. for. Um, a thousand years. I've had Premiere since the very early versions, and um, the like. The whole Adobe Creative Suite is uh, is like my second language, really. And and <laughs> cool. you know, from from the very first version that I pirated uh, in the in the PC world, you know, back in the nineties, um, to, uh, to to what I have now, um, you know, is uh, 
that to me they're, they're the tools of choice and uh, in particular premier if we're talking about chopping up video premier have a really beautiful new application called rush that gives you limited functionality of premier but all on your phone and mobile devices mm-hmm. and i f- found myself literally just in downtime sitting waiting uh, you know in a in a in a waiting room for, for something to happen, just like quickly repurposing some content. Mm-hmm. And with that creative cloud thing, when I get back to my computer, I can just open it and continue the work in premiere. It's beautiful. The workflow is really great. So wow. uh, is that a lot now? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds great. I mean, I use final cut pro, so I don't use premiere. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. But I, so the workflow is not smooth at all between, you know, going through mobile and, and desktop, obviously. Um, yeah. For, yeah. For for mobile, I use Video Shop, which is okay. So I, I'm just throwing out the name for any, anybody who's interested. I know a lot of people here want to get technical and want to know how to. So how do I take my video and actually make it happen? You know, like so. Yeah. Um, it's important to also mention the tools. So, all right. And and now, like, final thing about the groups. And I'm sorry, like, I kept you like we drilled this down so much, but tips on growing the group for one hand, like for me that you think I can use. And then also uh, finish up with like tips for people who just are starting out their groups, because I know there's some people that haven't even started. Okay. Awesome. Yep. Yep. So in your group, had a look at the back end and, and um, looking at your tags, I actually think you could revisit your tag strategy a little bit and get out there doing research with the audience insights tool of Facebook ads uh, to really understand where your target audience hang out. Um, and, and, and one of the big um, keys to, to doing that is authors. People follow authors. They follow public figures that are big in the you know entrepreneurial space or yeah. whatever space that they're in, right? Um, so those people. Um, I, uh, I tried an experiment a little, uh, some time ago, changing my tags. I found a group, sorry, a, a page that had 12 million followers that was in the metaphysical, spiritual kind of side of things. And I thought, wow, perfect. I'm going to slap that in as a, as a tag on my, uh, on my group. Uh-huh. And I'm going to have this free on tap 12 million people audience. Right. Yeah. Um, and I did but they were awful. They were not a good fit for my group at all. Um, (laughs) Quality, terrible quantity was everywhere. The quality was awful. So uh, I I took them out and I opted for pages that were, you know, usually around authors and experts and those kind of people that people follow uh, that might have one or 2 million followers on of their page and they're good sizes. They're good size audiences and you can have five tags so you can have five, say 1.5 mil, Uh, you know, pages in your, in your tags. That's a lot of people, man, to, uh, to target. Um, And so I would be, I I kind of revisit that strategy a little bit and see if you can't get some more uh, engagement off, not so much engagement, but some more um, exposure that way. Um, You know, and and change it up quite often because things change quite drastically in in Facebook and keep that research being an ongoing thing. I do it every week. Every week I sit down in front of Facebook as if I was a guy that doesn't use it professionally. And I search out stuff that I'm interested in. I find new pages and new things every time. It's like, wow, I could get involved in that community and use that in my tagging or use it as an interest targeting or something like that. And so um, that would be the number one thing I would say to, um, uh, to grow 
Um, but there's two parts to a growth strategy. First is getting them in and second is keeping them there. Yeah. And so I'd be looking at your attrition rate as well as to see who's dropping out of the group. Yeah. Um, if, if the, if the rate isn't very high, then actually you're doing pretty well and that's great. And you've got more coming in than going out. And so you, you know, you're doing well, but you know, if the dropout rate is higher than you would like, um, then I'd be revisiting with some of the strategies we talked about earlier about creating really big buzzy content that's, you know, challenges and very highly interactive lives, um, celebrations in the group. I did, when I hit 30,000 members, I, I held a party and, uh, the party was on zoom. So I invited all of these people and, you know, all these people show up on a zoom that gets broadcast out into Facebook live and we're all sitting there having our drinks and, you know, <laughs> laughing and, having a, a lot of fun right um nice. i remember you told uh, about that i remember you told about that yeah 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 it, there's even some accidental nudity which uh you know it's, it's not recommended <laughs> but uh, it certainly generated a lot of interest and um and we had fun we, you know we just had fun yeah. hanging out you know and and yeah. that's the kind of stuff that that was massive engagement off the back of that so Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You gave me a lot of ideas on how to do that. Thank you. And, and now, so for people who are just starting out, like completely fresh from scratch, didn't have a Facebook group before, what are yeah. your tips for those people starting out from scratch? Okay. Um, the first thing is to know your target audience in a stupid amount of detail, really know the people that you want to have in the group. Um, because if you've got a vague idea about, uh, they might be interested in, starting their own business or something like that, it's going to be really difficult to use the automated systems of tagging and Facebook ads and that kind of stuff to find them. You've yeah. got to know what are they interested in? Where do they hang out? What pages do they like? What authors do they follow? You know, what, what countries are they in? What age ranges are they? What are they spending habits online? What are they, you know, all this kind of stuff. You've got to know everything about them. And really the only way to do that is to, you know, interact with them. And if you've got a page already, that kind of thing, that's good. But sometimes it can be great to float around all the different Facebook pages and stuff that are similar to yours and go looking for those people Like, really be specific. And I, I want, you know, women of this particular age who, you know, dress in this particular way that are more inclined to listen to smooth FM than triple J, you know, it's, it's, it's like, yeah. That kind of thing. You've got to know where they hang out. You've got to get into their head and, you know, then you can target the places that they will hang out and you'll get them. Um, that, you know, targeting them by other means is, you know, really quite difficult. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So basically knowing where they are, targeting, targeting them, would you recommend running ads or like to get people now yeah. or? Yeah, uh, not so much to get people, to, but to test. So once you find you, where you reckon these people are, yeah, test test with a Facebook ad to say, you know, hey guys, I've just created this new group, and you know, I'm really keen to get into it, and you know, if you join, you'll get this, and you know, um, and and test that that strategy that you've got of your uh, called an avatar client, you know, someone who is the perfect client for you. Um, test it with ads, um, but don't waste a lot of money putting ads to get people into your group because you've got the tag strategy and that will put your group in front of the right people for free. So why pay for ads when you can, 
you can do it for free. So yeah. um, use that researching and testing of ads and stuff like that to, to really know, to find that target audience and use that in your tagging as a group. Cool. Awesome. And, um, and also there's something like back then I, I didn't notice it, but like when I launched my group, I just named it mindful and ruthless. But then I heard this mm. video about this guy saying it's really important when you start a group to use the name of your group as keywords. So basically then I changed it to mindful and ruthless. And then like, you know, a community for, uh, under creative entrepreneurs. Like I started using, like, you know, keywords. Do you think it's, it's something that works? Uh, yeah, I think it is something that works, but I don't think it works in an automatic sense. Um, it's helpful when people are doing searches to put keywords in the name of your group. Um, but I just find that you know, people don't search for stuff that much on Facebook because the, the way that Facebook is organized, they're throwing stuff at you all the time. You know, right. it's like, who wants to use the search tool of Facebook? How often do you use the search tool of Facebook? I don't know. You're actually right. I barely never use it. So. Yeah. So the point is get in on, on the algorithms and, and, and do that kind of thing. So the name, not so much the tags. Absolutely. Um, but the other thing that is, um, really useful as well is that your banner image for the group has got to be a killer picture. It's got to be, you know, really got to draw them in. Yeah. Um, you know, even if you change it later kind of thing, it's, it's got to be something that's like, whoa, look at that. I'm going to check that out, yeah. you know, and it doesn't have to have words or a picture of you or anything like that on it. It can just be one striking, amazing image that people go, oh, wow. And like in my group where I've got the guy looking up at the stars, um, I get, when I first advertised it, I got all these comments, you know, on the ad, people saying, wow, where'd you get that photo? It's awesome, <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, and I found it in a stock image site. Uh, a free stock image site with, you know, I had no attribution, nothing like a free image. I'm just like, yes, thank you. That is my image. And, um, and you know, in it went and, and it really turned a great result. So yeah, be really bold with your, your banner image. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And, and talking to a designer, you're preaching to the choir. Yeah. It's totally like, <laughs> yeah. Like I, I have a whole, like my online course, my first online course in English is actually a design course for entrepreneurs. So like, okay. So totally. Just so I want to bring the discussion, like get out of Facebook groups. Okay, we're done with that. Um, but I want to talk to you about like finish off with your coaching and um, and understand like you're using metaphysical principles in order to coach people. How how is it like how how do you do it? Like what oh, okay. what what are, what are they like? You know. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'll um. I can talk about that. It's uh, it, it's effectively um a different offering them a different perspective that a different way to look at things that they might not have looked at before. And essentially the core concept of all of my coaching is that when you change the way you look at things, the things that you're looking at change. So it's all about perspective, right? And if someone is stuck and blocked and can't get through this and is, you know, frustrated and can't get through, really the only thing you need to do is get them looking at it in, from a different angle and they go, oh, that's not so bad, yeah, I can do that, and through they go. So it's all about changing perspective. So I offer people who are open to the more esoteric ideas, I can offer some different ways of looking at things that, um, that are more helpful. And I'll give you an example. Um, yeah. One of the great 
principles that I follow in my life and, and using my coaching a lot is called the principle of neutrality, where effectively you see everything that happens, all situations, circumstances, people, objects, everything in life as fundamentally neutral, like not good or not bad, not positive or not negative, not right or not wrong. And so the idea is that you can, you look, start to look at things as if they were just like movements of atoms, you know, really, if you see a car crash, it's like, well, that's okay. It's just, you know, a lot of metal hitting together and it's, you know, that at that level, it's that kind of stuff. Now, most people, when they see a car crash, they're going to go, Oh no, that's terrible. That is a really bad thing. And they believe that the goodness or the badness of something that happens is embedded in the thing itself right? It's, it's like, you know, a good thing by, you know, by its nature or a bad thing by its nature. Um, but what I teach is that we actually are the, are, are the mechanism that assigns the meaning to the things that we observe in our life. And so when we see something we go through a process, we observe it completely neutral situation, you know, and two people might see the same thing and they interpret it in two different ways. Right. But we see it, we look up our life experience, our belief systems, all that kind of stuff, and we come to a conclusion about how we should feel about it. What are our emotions? What are our thoughts? What are that kind of stuff? And we do it so quickly that it seems as if the goodness or the badness is built into the thing where it's not really, it's neutral. So when you start catching yourself for automatically jumping on the negative bandwagon where you go, Oh, this is a disaster. This, uh, I'm not going to be able to cope with this. This is wrong. That is wrong. That didn't work. This didn't work. You know, you get yourself in that rut. Uh, if you stop and you go, actually, sorry, no neutral situation. Uh, I missed the bus, right? I'm standing on the curb. The bus is already moving down the street. I'm not on it. So what? It's just a completely neutral situation. I can choose to react to that situation any way that I want. Hmm, how should I do that? Um, well, maybe I'll get the next bus. Maybe um, the meeting I'm going to is starting late. Maybe this or that or the other. Maybe I'll, you know, and, and you don't automatically jump on that negative space. You open yourself up to be able to go, well, maybe this can benefit me in a positive way. I will hold off my negative judgment. And I'm just going to go with the flow a little bit more and consciously choose my reactions to things rather than being at the whim of my ego, which is automatically saying that's bad and you're going to have a bad day and a bad experience because a bad thing happened to you in a bad morning and my whole life is terrible and my life is ruined. And it's like, okay, actually, if you cut that off at the very base and just go, actually, this is my choice and I'm going to choose the other way you don't experience all that badness that a lot of people struggle with. So that's one of the principles. Right. In a nutshell. Yeah. I think it's totally, it totally makes sense. I don't think it's even metaphysical. I think it's just like mindful. It's mindful. Yeah, it, it is. Um, but I guess I express it in a metaphysical way. And I talk about things like, well, you know, energetically it's just atoms, you know, bumping into each other, or it's just, you know, there's no neutral, there's no, there's no positive or negative energy about a particular thing. It's just the terminology I use, but yeah. you're right. You can say it in so many different ways, that same principle. And it can be, uh, you know, in Buddhism, it's like the, it's being, um, it, it's disconnecting and it's, you know, there, there's so many different words for it in so many different cultures. So yeah. Yeah. In, in Buddhism, I guess it's just like senses. Like people are saying, okay, we're, who are we? What are we? We're just a bunch of senses. We have our eyes, we have our ears, we have our nose, and we have a sixth sense as well. Like, you know, we have the mind. Like, so, um, so all these senses, we are a mechanism physically of just like those senses. Like, otherwise, there's no us. That's what we experience. And, and therefore, 
we need to decide, you know, we're all like blending with nature and that's how I can, we can understand these, like, like you're saying, see things as neutral. Like when you see things, first of all, understand what your senses are saying, be mindful. And then you're, what you're seeing with your eyes is this metals hitting each other. What you're, you know, those kind of things. It's kind of like, um, and then we can decide how we, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So it's, it's awesome that you have this, um, this, um, extra added value as a coach as well to give your to your people yeah. and to your clients so I, it's great and yeah so i i guess what is what is one to like for me right now what i'm doing is like i have a, my mastermind my first ever mastermind starting and which is a group of entrepreneurs that i'm, I'm helping them with their vision and with their mindset and you know we're helping them cross their goals by the way registration is still open and we have a few spots available but we said that i just want to ask like and I have also a few one-on-one people uh like that i, I actually coach one-on-one what is your tip for me like you're, you've been a coach for a while for me it's kind of new so what is what are your tips for me as as being this like new coach and helping other people in their journey okay um i think one of the things uh that is the most common uh, when you're dealing with people in a situation like you're saying who want to crush goals, who want to achieve particular results and outcomes, and particularly in the business world and the entrepreneurial space, is that um, people don't value themselves. They don't value themselves. They don't value what they do, their offerings. Uh, and they don't, it's not conscious like this, they'll have a desire to build a business and to be successful and all of those things, but they'll be operating with a subconscious belief system that says, actually, you're no good at this. Other people are better than you at this. You don't have the experience. You don't have the knowledge. You're no good at it. Um, you're just, you know, a kid who, you know, is faking it until you make it, blah, 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 blah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and these are the voices that are, subconsciously driving you and the fact is that we always attract ourselves into the situations and circumstances that validate the strongest beliefs that we have and so i find when entrepreneurs set out on their journey a lot of the time the reason they even need to smash a goal or they they've come up with a thing that's like i i've got making a plan and i've got a goal and i'm going to get there and do it if they didn't already have that belief that they couldn't do it, they would have already smashed the goal. They wouldn't even be talking to you. It would be done. So they don't necessarily have the belief in themselves. And so the only way that I've seen that you can build that belief system in people, it's not by saying to them, hey, your shit is good. It's, you know, you believe in yourself, you know, you can do this, you've got this, you know, and high-fiving them, um, is to actually give them real experience at doing and delivering and being successful, but in a microcosm. So it might be if they're starting a new business, it might be that um, they have one client. They're still working full-time in their regular job, what have you. They start this business on the side, they have one client, and they provide the best fucking service to that guy that he has ever seen in a million years and they smash that whole thing he doesn't make a whole lot of money out of it and no one gets rich off it but he gets this experience of this is how it's done you know and i know how to do it and i've got the value i've got the worth um, i'm not what my parents said to me you know i'm yeah. not what other people have said to me yeah. i've got it I, I feel it and i know that i can do this and that is what 
will get them along that journey. And most people are struggling with their subconscious beliefs. And it's, you know, quite an art in coaching to draw those out, to bring them up to the surface and draw them out with, you know, lines of questioning, you know, and, um, do you want to know one of my favorite um, little tactics for proving that people have beliefs that aren't congruent with where they want to be? Yeah, for sure. All right. This is called the threshold of believability, right? right. And someone says to you, right, I've got to build a business and I've, got, I've given myself six months to do it, to get successful. And you go, okay, cool. Six months. That's aggressive timeline. Awesome. So what are you going to do in that six months? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I've got a plan. I've got a goal. I've got everything ready to go. I'm going to execute. Awesome. Yeah. And you go, fantastic. Take them through an exercise. It goes like this. If I gave you 20 years to build that business to the level that you're talking about now, yeah. could you do it? And they're like, yeah, of course I could do it. 20 years. Pff, yeah, no problem. Could you do it in 10? Yeah, I can do it in 10. No worries. Could you do it in five? Of course I could do it in five. Not a problem at all. Could you do it in three? Um, yeah, I could. Uh, yeah, I can do it in three. And that's where you've got them. It's going to take them three years instead of six months to do, to get that level of success. Because when they hesitated, that tells you that they are switching from an automatic unconscious belief system that says, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. Into one of the intellect that goes, oh, um, actually, I can only do that if conditions are right. Will conditions be right? Yeah. And that's the point where that's the, the threshold of believability and it's going to take that guy three years to turn around the result that he wants. Wait, so what you're saying is, is if people come to me and say, I want to do something in six months, I make them believe mm. that they can do it in three years. No, you show <laughs> Sorry, them that they, according to their current belief structures about what they're capable of doing, oh. it's going to take three years. So it's like, sorry, you're not going to make it in six months. It's going to take you three years because you, three years is the point where you started to hesitate and think, uh, oh, I have to engage my intellect, right? You're not feeling it anymore. You're thinking about it, right? And so yeah. this is what I'm saying. You attract got yourself it. into those situations that you, that you feel. So, uh -huh. you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to take that amount of time. So, so that's where you can work with them. Yeah. And say, you know, why, 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 you know, what, what are you hundred percent confident, you know, and, and drill down with questioning and eventually you probably expose something where they say, yeah, you know what? I just don't feel like I've got enough experience or I haven't got the qualification or I, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and if, have you ever had an experience where someone said, yeah, of course I can do, I wouldn't do this and this and this and this and this in three in like in six months. And then you're like, Okay, so wait a second. Let's say you had all this going in 20, in 20 years. Can you build it? Yes. 20, 10 years. Can you build it? Yes. Like, but he, this guy just told you he wants to do it in six months. So basically you're going yeah. back three years. Yeah, I told you in six months. And then you're getting back to six months. And have you had that as well? No, no, no. Um, I've had the opposite though. I've had uh, where I've said, if I gave you 20 years, could you achieve this? And they say, um... <laughs> it's like, uh oh, uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's not good. That's not good. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, um, you you just got to catch them off guard a little bit and just you know go go through that process with them and and um, uh, you, they don't realize that you're kind of leading them into that. But it's a very good exercise because you know even if uh, even if you um, uh, 
you know, if it's going to take five years or it's a really disappointing outcome, you've got something to work on. You're like, you know, I don't know if you've got enough self-belief in this to get you through it, you know, and challenge them on it and say, you hesitated at five years. You told me six months, but you hesitated in five years. So we need to talk about this, you know, yeah. and, and, and you can lead them in that way. So it's, you know, but I've never had that situation of someone just going, yeah, yeah, I told you six months. <laughs> but, I mean, if that happened, that would, that would tell you that they're very closed off to the, the process and they're perhaps not, not really being authentic with you. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, I actually had that once, but like not, not saying like I had, I didn't go through that specific exercise. I just said someone thought um, like they can do so much in six months. And I was like, listen, it seems a lot for six months. Like you need to make it achievable. You need to believe that you can actually achieve that in six months. It needs to be achievable mm -hmm. on your behalf. And then she, and yeah. And they're like, yeah, I think of course I can do it. Like, okay. Then, you know, thank you. I, <laughs> I cannot coach you. Um, but yeah, and maybe yeah. I'm wrong. I don't want to, you know, you, you know, when you have that and you don't want to break anybody's dream. So you're like also like, yeah, I, <laughs> I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. But you know, at, at that point as, as you know, as a person that does a fair bit of mentoring as well, I'd be saying awesome. You know, I, I think that is an incredible achievement. If you can pull this off in six months, that yeah. is really great. I would love to know how that is going to look. Um, talk me through it, you know, and, and, and I'm sure if you drill down on the plan, you would either discover they didn't necessarily really have a plan. They were just hoping they could do it in six months or the plan was a little bit flawed in that they hadn't thought of a bunch of things. And, you know, because if you, with your experience is thinking that's a really aggressive target uh, and they're just going, yeah, no, it's good. It's good. It's good you know that needs to be resolved so yeah <laughs> i bet you could unpick it and you could you could pick the flaws in it pretty quick yeah totally all right yeah you can do that as a mentor <laughs> not yeah. as a coach you don't pick flaws as a coach as a mentor you want to be you know ruthless and as a coach you want to be mindful <laughs> right that? yeah i love it <laughs> my formulas you gotta be both you gotta be both um so yeah there yeah. thanks so much like th this was this was an amazing tip and, and everything that you gave here is so much value to everyone here who I like, I know so many people are also looking to build their Facebook group or in, in community. If people have Facebook groups, they're looking to, to scale it. So I bet they got so much out of this. Some people are coaches and, and some people just want to coach and be mentors and help others. So, so many valuable tips. Uh, I thank you so much for, for doing this and coming on the show. And um, so two questions I usually finish up with is, Mm -hmm. One, like, do you have any books you can recommend for, for even anybody listening they want to dig more on the topic of what you talked about? Uh, do you mean in particular the, the kind of business strategy stuff or more about oh, metaphysics? Metaphysics, or? I guess, like, you know, and, and bettering yourself as well. And like books that you love and you think that people should read. Oh, okay. All right. Um, so the two big classic standards uh, that are out there at the moment that cross into the space that I work in, which is that that, combination of metaphysics and personal development uh, is really anything by Wayne Dyer um, uh, and also Eckhart Tolle. They are the... Um, Wayne Dyer? Yeah, Wayne Dyer. Um, he's got like A Course in Miracles and a bunch of other books. Just look him up. He's, he's got a ton of books. He's okay. passed away recently and um, oh. uh, left this amazing legacy of really beautiful books. Okay. Um, 
to uh, well, actually it wasn't that recent, but you know, anything by Wayne Dyer, uh, especially the, his more recent stuff is is beautiful. Um, and Eckhart Tolle, like Power of Now, New Earth, all, all of these um, books are just they, they just blow people away. They just change your perspective so much. And like I said about the principle of neutrality, how it makes you see things in a different way. Mm-hmm. These books will make you see everything in a different way. And, and you know, they're beautifully done. So awesome. those are the two authors that I would be uh, looking at. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks so much. Yeah. I, I have actually haven't heard of both. So I would love to uh, now dig in and that's the next step. Like after this call, I'm going on Amazon and getting some get on it mate get on it (laughs) awesome so yeah and worth mentioning to everybody listening that i have a list of the books on my blog that i read so probably those will be on the list as well but just so you know if you ever want to know what i'm reading it's on the blog um and there's just like go there and you'll see best books for entrepreneurs and the second question is most important where can we find you and follow you and you know be in touch with you Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, my group is, is, is probably the best way to do that. Uh, and, practical metaphysics. Um, so, yeah. Practical metaphysics. If you just search the name out, you'll, you'll see us. Um, yep. The, uh, the banner is the, uh, the guy looking up the Milky Way, big open sky and um, just apply to join the group. And one of the admins will let you in and uh, you know, you can, um, you go, go through my process and my, um, you know, welcome, um, post and video and all that kind of stuff we talked about before. Uh, and I'm very happy just to accept private messages from people. If you just want to reach out and say, Hey, I saw you on this show and, um, I'd like to know more about this, that, the other, I'm always, like I said, I'm chatting all the time. So, um, so please just, you're there. You're not just like an, an admin or something. You really care. I'm there and, and I'm interacting with these people all the time and, and, uh, and, and I love that. This is, this is part of my job that I love the most is interacting with people. And I'm always really keen to meet someone new and understand what they're doing, whether it's in the entrepreneurial space or business right. or whether it's personal or metaphysical or whatever, uh, you know, right. it's great. So, so reach out to me on Facebook. I'm very, very happy to do that. Um, or there's, uh, my website is the naked coach. Um, the nakedcoach.com.au is uh, my brand and you can reach me at that page too. There's a whole lot of ways to get hold of me there too. Cool. So I'll add those in the show notes and I got to close off with the question. Why the naked mm. coach? <laughs> How'd you come up with that? <laughs> um, well, okay. I knew you were going to ask me that. Um, <laughs> the, when I started coaching, the technique, the very first technique that I started using reminded me of how you peel an onion. It's just like the onion skin, you know, coming off and yeah. people I found cause I wasn't, I wasn't so experienced as a coach. It took me a while to peel the layers off, you know, their defense mechanisms and stuff like that and to yeah. really get them to be authentic. And so um, I thought of it as like peeling the onion skin and it's just like, you know, uh, and I, the onion coach didn't really, resonate with that many people so uh jamie oliver was big at the time with the naked chef and that kind of stuff and naked was a really big thing and you know going back to basics stripping back to all of the you know back to nature and all that kind of stuff um and so i thought i'll I'll give the naked coach a go um i discovered that there was a (laughs) a female version of the naked coach a lady who uh, is actually called the naked life coach and she actually is the physically naked coach. And, um, <laughs> no 
I thought, oh, uh, I actually reached out to her and I said, hey, we have the same, we have the same names and, and uh, we didn't really connect very well. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I do promise you, if you do book sessions with me, I am fully clothed all the time. Please don't worry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, wow. Don't freak I- out. Crazy, like having like the naked coach. Like, oh my god! Um, all right, cool, cool. So yeah, so that explains it. Thank you. Yeah, I thought it was something like that along the lines. I didn't actually think you were going on coaching calls naked, but it's like the <laughs> like knowing that there is someone who does that. It's pretty funny. <laughs> it is funny. <laughs> like, I, it I makes actually the asked. Call different, I bet. And, oh yeah yeah i actually asked her i said do you get a lot of interest from people that aren't really after coaching they're just after you know <laughs> she was right. just like yeah some and i'm like yeah okay all right fine does she look good or just like you know <laughs> i don't want to comment i don't yeah. want to comment what, um, is, looking you know, very, what is looking good very yeah. attractive lady yeah, she was a very attractive lady, yeah. That's funny. Um, all right, cool. So, yeah, finishing up with that, um, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Blair, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really, really appreciate your time, your value. Um, you're, you're a value, valuable, like a, a giving person. So thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Um, you didn't spare any oh, details. Right. And so really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, uh, everybody. Absolute pleasure. To want to watch this, you guys can watch it on, on the podcast. It will be on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, um, YouTube, anywhere uh, in about a week. And um, yeah, Blair, thank you so much. And I'll catch you on the next time. That's a pleasure, mate. Thank you so much for having me. And I really enjoyed the chat and um, hope we can catch up again soon. Yeah. Sorry, me too. All right. Bye for now. All right, mate. Bye-bye. Okay. And that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, I would love if you could help me out and please rate this on iTunes. This is a new podcast, so reviews on iTunes go a long way. And also ensure that more people will just get to enjoy it. You only have to do this once, not every episode, and it has a tremendous impact. Also, if you haven't yet, I would love to invite you to join the Mindful and Ruthless group on Facebook, where I host this show live and also share so much more with the members of the community. This will be a chance for me to get to know you better and I love connecting with my audience. Alright, so until next time, remember to be mindful and ruthless. Ruthless with your gut feeling. Ruthless with your journey. Don't let anybody take you off your path, my friend. Keep on and I'll see you on the next episode. Peace! And that's the classic pattern, isn't it? Is that you get really good at something and then you teach other people, you know, mentor them through the process. So, yeah. When you change the way you look at things, the things that you're looking at change. So it's all about perspective, right?